So if I were to, to say to you the word goal, what would you think about? If I were to say the word goal, what would you think about? Yeah, go on, Sam. Okay, working towards something. Okay, excellent. Football. <laughs> okay, you might think about football or, or, or another sport scoring a goal. What else might you think about? <laughs> okay, very honest. Something you ought to have in mind, but you do. Maybe we forget that. Okay. Yeah, go on. Something you have achieved. Okay. A, a goal that you've actually met. Okay. And what else? What do you think about with the word goal? Did say the word goal in football? Because it's all very, very exciting. Yeah, go on, Ivy. Something you were aiming at. Okay. So goal can mean a whole range of things, can't it? Uh, and it, you know, in one sense, of course, they're all connected, aren't they? In terms of, of course, if you're playing football, the aim is to score the goal. But, but it gets used in, in business, doesn't it? About what's the goal of the organization. Uh, maybe if you're going through a fitness regime, you have some goals along the way to try and meet. You know, something to do with our purpose, isn't it? What we're aiming at. It's been language that's been used for, for centuries, um, particularly around, well, what's the whole goal of being a human being? What, what's the end point? Suppose I were to ask the question, what do you think is the goal of the church? I wonder what we would be able to say about that. What do you think is the goal of the church? Go on, Ivy. Okay, okay, so one goal might be to read the Bible. We might have all sorts of goals. You might say, my goal is to read the Bible in a year. That's often what some people do. Yeah. We've been talking over the last uh, few weeks about what it means to be the church. We've talked about worship and service and discipleship and evangelism. And one, what I want to do today as we kind of sum that all up is to think about the bigger picture of the church. Where, where is the church aiming for? Not just us as individuals, but where's the church heading? And not just us as cornerstone. Where is the church? God's people in all times and all places. Where is it heading? Where's the end point? Now, I think we've read two passages give us some clues as to where those endpoints might be. So I'm going to get you to try and do some work together this morning. We try and do that to help us, you know, engage in it. So I want you to choose with those people around you if you're happy to do that. If you're not, you could just have a little sit and think. Either to look at the passage from Ephesians or the passage from Colossians and say, what does this help us think about the endpoint of the church? The big picture, where are we heading? So, so have a chat. If you're able, if you're willing to do that for two or three minutes, uh, where might we be heading as a church? What might be the clues in those passages? So have a go.
See what you can think about. Uh, okay, anyone got any, any thoughts? What have you been talking about? Any thoughts you've got? Yeah, I love that bit in Ephesians 4, which okay. talks about the um, job. It's a job description of leadership. Okay. Um, so I think as leaders, when you, whether you're an evangelist or an apostle or a prophet or pastor or teacher, yeah. whatever type of leader, yeah. um, so often church leaders try and do everything themselves, and yeah. yet God talks about the body of Christ. Yeah. And I love that idea that the leadership's aim or goal is to equip other people. Okay. So equip them for works of service okay. with the ultimate aim okay. of building up the church for um, yeah, the Christ body of Christ will be built up. Okay. So the kind of the, the big ultimate aim then that language is that the body of Christ may be built up, isn't it? We can think of then, well, how do we get there? But it, it offers us a picture of the body of Christ, and Paul uses that image of the church like a body, all sorts of different parts to it, being built up. I wonder what that that looks like. I mean, you could you could speak to a a personal trainer, couldn't you? About about your own body. What do I need to do to to get fit? Nick's about to. Uh, sorry to shame you. Not shame you. You know, you're about to do a to do a a, a half marathon. Aren't you? you were talking to me yesterday. You know, a goal here. You know, run a half marathon. So this is about building up the body to do it. Well, I wonder what it looks like to build up the body of Christ. To say, actually, we want a body that's built up, that's fit for purpose. You need to come back and think about what does that look like. But there, there's a long-term aim, isn't it? The body of Christ being built up. Okay, anybody else? Yeah, go on, B. So in the Colossians passage, um, verse 22, about being pre- that one day we will be presented um, to God because of what Christ has done, we will be presented holy in his sight, p- without blemish and free from accusation. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking towards eternity and, okay. you know, the end of time. Okay. So, so that's picking up the, the, the body image again, isn't it, in, in verse 22? To present you absolutely holy without blemish. Well, this is a, that image again of the body being built up, isn't it? Now, of course, we know that. However much we might go to the gym, actually we're not going to have a body without blemish. But here's a picture of the people of God, not just Cornerstone, but all of God's people, this future vision of a body of people without blemish. So picking up the kind of image that we might be used to of physical bodies and saying, well, let's apply it to the church. Uh, And this future we're looking forward to, this goal, this end point is one without blemish. Great, thank you. Anybody else? Um, In uh, the Colossians passage in verse 20, it talks about God wanting to reconcile himself to all things. So, yeah, sort of wanting to bring all things together under him, with him. Uh, And what might that mean, Nick? It was my idea that Nick was talking about. So now he's confused. Um, I said that it's the whole kind of idea of God wanting to be reconciled with people. And it's almost like the church is like the go-between. So our job is to help lead people to God and help them reconcile with him. Okay. 
I, I want to say yes, but not quite, I want to say. Okay. Because what does it actually say in Colossians 1.20? God's going to reconcile all, all things. I think sometimes, I, what I want to suggest is absolutely, God wants to reconcile all people and the whole of creation. That, 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 that Paul's picture here is even bigger still. It's not just actually that the body of Christ as people are going to be reconciled to God and be presented without blemish. But God's got a vision and an endpoint where the whole of creation is put right. And absolutely, we have a part to play in that. And one of the things we need to think about is what part we have to play in it. But what Paul's offering, I think, in Colossians chapter 1 is this vision at the end point, the goal, which is the whole of creation put right under Christ. So we've had the idea of a body of Christ without blemish, but the whole of creation put right. Anyone else? Anyone else? What else have you picked up? Go on, Rebecca. Go on. (laughs) Well, you might because some people might have it. Go on. For heaven's sake. Uh, In Colossians um, verse um, 23, if you continue in your faith established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. And I I feel like those words are very easy to to read, easy Mm. to say. Mm And, and actually quite hard mm-hmm. to live, established and firm. Feel, feels very contrary to my experience, and I think probably several would agree with me. Mm-hmm. It, it's much easier to sort of flop about vaguely mm-hmm. and not to feel very firm. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't think where I was reading it, but on the weekend away I was reading something about um, imitating those who have more faith. Okay, yeah. And maybe you can pinpoint yeah. what verse I was looking at, but feeling like kind of fake it till you make it as a concept. If you don't feel like your faith is especially established and firm, okay, okay. do the things that other people are doing. Okay. Yeah. So, so, and don't be moved from the hope. Okay, and we're going to come back then in just a minute because uh, you know, if we've got a future, they'll say this is where we're heading, what do, what's going to happen now until we get there? And that idea of, of actually if we don't feel firm and rooted... That might be a future promise. And we're being asked to continue. To do that now, absolutely. What does that look like now? Absolutely, we'll come back to that. I was, yeah, I was just thinking about that. That's picked that same idea about that in these in-between times, you know, um, we've got a lot of growing up to do, yeah. and that's picked up in the Ephesians, and um, and it talks about in verse 15... We will all things grow up into him who is the head. So it's a process. We're not, we're not the finished article individually yeah. or as yeah. God's people, you know, until Absolutely. times hence. But again, what it's offering us is this vision, isn't it? This future vision of a goal where it uses the language of being mature, doesn't it? Growing up into Christ. The full, the full stature, the full likeness of Christ. This is a future goal of the church. Anyone else pick up things you wanted to to, to mention? 
Yeah, go on. In both passages, it talks about the fullness of Christ and becoming full of the fullness of Christ. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Again, wanting to say this is, this is a future vision, isn't it? The, the day will come when uh, all things know something of the fullness of Christ. When we as individuals within the church know something about what it means to grow up into the fullness of Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. It's my training for the half marathon. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but um, he's, and he is the head of the body, the church. And I think sometimes we forget quite quickly that yeah. why it is we're coming here yeah. and to have Jesus in our minds yeah. when we come here. Is I'm not just coming here to yeah. be a yeah. good person. It's yeah. this is where I'm coming to and yeah. keeping that goal going yeah. forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go on, Angela. Let, just wait for the mic because otherwise people won't hear you. Yeah. Just a little comment on that growing up and being mature. Yeah. If we're thinking of that in our development in life, actually some of us who might be teenagers in faith might actually be struggling because mm. actually that is a time when we struggle to work sure. out who we are. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, and we might add to that the kind of midlife crisis and the... You know, if you want to draw on, 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 our, on, our, on our human experience, which, of course, is what Paul's doing here, isn't it? He's drawing on the human experience of the body to say, how do we apply that to uh, the church? So we might go on. That was quick, Nick. Uh, it might be semantics, but I, I think it's interesting that it just refers to a church. It's singular, not plural, yeah. uh, which in a world where we have yeah. multiple denominations yeah. and, and, view, and, it, and then in, in the same yeah. sentence, it talks about unity. Yeah. So unity in the church across, yeah. therefore, the yeah. whole body of the church globally, which yeah. sounds quite challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But Paul's, Paul, go on, Joe. Paul, Paul's not saying this is the reality. He's saying this is the goal, that goal of unity among God's people. Um, I was struck by some of the language. So there's some parts of both passages which talks about what God has done for us, mm-hmm. and then there's some parts of the passage about actually what our role in that is. So in Ephesians, it talks about us being reconciled, but then we, as Becca was saying, we need to continue yeah. and stand firm. And then yeah. in the other passage, it talks about um, us working. Yeah. So, and I think that's quite interesting. And yeah. I guess in this now and not yet space yeah. is what do we need to know about what God has done for us and actually yeah. what is our role? And actually yeah. there's some activeness to that, yeah. not just passive passivity, yeah. I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. So, so w- what I think these passages offer us is, is a, is a vision, which is a very long-term vision. This is the big goal of God. And, and they put it in different ways, but essentially the big goal of God is of a church that is mature, that is unified, that is grown up into the full stature of Christ. Within a creation that is reconciled to God. Where all things, Paul says, through the cross are reconciled to God. And Paul uses bold language. Because he uses language that normally we use about human relationships, about being reconciled, about peace, to apply it to the whole of creation, to things that aren't and beyond being human. 
But this is Paul's vision of the goal of what God is doing. That God will reconcile all things and make peace in all things. And as part of that, there will be a church that is unified and whole and has the full, the fullness and the full stature of Christ. That's the goal. Let me say three things uh, uh, to finish. The first is sometimes we've just simply got to remind ourselves of the goal. This is where we're heading. This is what God has promised. This is the journey that we are on. And it's really a very, very big one. This is what God is doing. And we just have to remind ourselves from time to time, this is what God is doing in the world. The second thing is, I think Joe's very helpful comment, which is, well, actually, what does it mean in the here and now? And part of it, it will mean what God is doing in the here and now. As God works in us, in the church, in creation, through God's Spirit. This is what God is doing. It's not simply us making it happen. But... God calls on us to partner with him in what he's doing. And that means us doing things. That means we're not sitting back and saying, it's fine, because one day God's going to put everything right. So I can have a cup of tea and wait for that to happen. Paul's call is to say, but now it matters. Now. Join in with what God is doing that we are getting to that vision. Let me pick on Nick again and say, you know, Nick's got a plan for the next 12 weeks to get to run a half marathon. Because otherwise the goal won't happen. You know, we need to think about what the plan is. What's our involvement? How are we going to do things? Having thought about the church over the last few weeks, we're going to think after the summer's finished about what it means to share in God's kingdom, this big vision. How do we work for the coming of God's kingdom? What is God calling us to do and calling God's people around the world to do? Because this is where we're going. And the third thing I think it says to us is we ought to be dissatisfied with how things are. Because they're not as God wants them to be. I ought to be dissatisfied about my own level of fitness. We ought to be dissatisfied about how things are now. For us, for the church and for the world. And often it's that growing sense of dissatisfaction that actually helps us think about what we're going to do to share in God's mission in the world to get to where God wants to be. Because this is not what God wants it to be like. There is the danger, though, a bit like me and my fitness, that will just accept the status quo and think, well, I wish it were different. (sighs) But it's a bit of an effort. But if we're dissatisfied, this is not what God wants it to be like. 
then maybe we'll say, what do we do to share in God's work? Because this is the goal that we're aiming for.